Hour 2 Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 on the TSN app. Your home smart speaker up on TSN 4. Brian Hayes, Dog, Jeff O'Neill, Frankie Corrado. we got a big hour. We've got a special guest in studio in about a half an hour. I'm not sure if we're supposed to reveal this or not, so I'm going to go with the uh, element of surprise. Okay. you got to tune in to find out who's coming in with us. I'm going to leave it at this, and I'm not talking about it anymore today. One of my best buddies who I golf with a lot says he's attacking your golf credibility, and I don't appreciate it. He doesn't like it, Danny DePasquale. Danny! Do I know Danny? Did I play with Danny? Maybe, but that's enough for the raking putts. The raking putts comment on national television? (laughs) Hey, listen. That is a kick in the pills. I just said, and you can tell Danny. In fact, I'll speak. Give me the camera here. Let me get a solo ISO shot. You and me, Danny, don't worry about it, all right? We're talking real strokes. We're talking real golf here. Dude, this is crazy. And Frankie Corrado was bringing my integrity into play, suggesting if we had to put everything out, that would be damaging to my score. And I'm claiming it's the complete opposite. Fact. <laughs> oh, it's outrageous. Pen drop. This is outrageous. Pen drop. All right, moving on. Thank you. Shout out to, uh, to Danny. I'll get one of my golf buddies to text me. About your game. Yeah, that's weird. No one came to bat for you yet. No one did come back. Come to bat for me. I'll text him actually. See what he's doing. <laughs> it doesn't count if you have to text him. <laughs> yeah, if I have to ask him for help. Where are you? Yeah. Come on, step up here. Yeah. All right. Um Leafs in Calgary tonight. So Johnny's calling that game, Gordon Miller on TSN four. You'll be on a panel tonight. And seeing some news, you know, coming in. There's rumors out there. Frank Saravalli tweeting out that he's hearing maybe Dallas is Working on a deal for Max Domi. We wondered if Domi would be a guy that would get flipped. Because by all accounts, he's liked it in Chicago. He's yeah. worked out well as a veteran guy. But you got to wonder where his, hat, where his head was at. It's like he'd like Chicago. It's like maybe they can stay in there long term and flipped again. But Dallas is a good team. Like yeah. They're waiting yeah. for Western Conference teams to do something here. And you look at it, Edmonton jumped out. They got Ekholm. Now they've got Bugstad today. Jonathan Quick is on his way to Vegas. I don't know if he'll. I don't think he'll start in Vegas, but he's certainly an insurance policy. Good insurance policy. He very well could. Yeah. And um, now you potentially have Domi going to Dallas. And Max he, has played well in Chicago. He's played pretty well. Yeah, yeah he's played. He's got well. some jam. Yeah. Like he'll be on the third line, likely down there. And Dallas is a is a pretty good team that that likely wins that division right now. That's part of like you know how he's saying like kind of likes it there when you've kind of jumped around a little bit. You find some continuity in a spot. You do pretty well. You start saying things like, yeah, I, I could stay here. You know what I mean? Get yourself a multi-year deal. But mm-hmm. it's a good opportunity, man. Anytime you're going to go play in the playoffs on a team that has a chance, like that's, that's real stuff there. And if you're Chicago, you're trading everything you can, and you want to lose every single game now. Like that's, It's all about Bedard now. Like You're chasing Bedard. And as it currently stands, Columbus has 46 points with 61 games played. Chicago has 47 points with 60 games played. You, you're, you don't, wanna, you don't no. want another win, man. You want nothing no. to do with Max Domi having four points like he no. did against the Leafs a week ago. You, you, you don't want Whoever it. your fourth string goalie is is going in the net. Like it's yeah. just... It's time to really just, you've come this far, pack it in. Now it's done. Yeah, Columbus, Chicago, Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona. I would suggest Vancouver, but they're trading first-round picks to bring in players that can help them for some reason. Uh, Montreal, like lose. Lose everything you possibly can. Philly, wait, when's Philly going to start like 
yard sailing their team. Well, like JVR, it sounds like is available. Kevin Hayes could be. Ivan Provorov. Everyone Kevin should Hayes be available. He's got a lot of bank left on his ticket, I believe. Yeah, at, he does. At 7 or 7.5 yeah. per yeah. year. But there, there's a team that, like, when Torts took over, you look at it, you're like, I don't think this team's close. No. No way. They've kind of shown that this year. So Maybe they're not close, but I didn't think they were going to be this bad. I thought they had a bunch of good players there, and it just never worked out. The goaltending, the way they play, just that whole group. It's just not a you good team. You think anyone sniffs around Carter Hart? I don't think they flip him. I don't think they flip him. Just if the timeline is that long, like you're not going to get the best Carter Hart when your timeline is correct. You know Does what I mean? Does anyone know what the best Carter Hart is? That's, is the question. That's the, yeah, that's that because he's been playing on Philly, and he's been injured at times, and he hasn't played well at times. Yeah, we don't know. It's a legitimate question. Yeah. like, like that. The, the tag of the next carry price can only go on for so long before you start dominating at the position, and then it becomes, what are you right now? Well, looking at his stats, he has played in 45 games this year, Carter Hart, and he's got a 907 save percentage, 294 goals against. So at one point this year, they were winning games early on in the season. It was basically because of Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. Like he had a strong start to the year. He's only 24. I don't think yeah. you can sell him down the river. If you're Philly, even if you think you're three years away, he'll be 27. He'll just be in his prime. The only, yeah, the only way you do that if you're three years from being three years away, right? Then you're, which I, I don't think that market is is going to accept that. But or that might be, yeah, or ownership for that matter. Like yeah. Philly, when was the last time Philly really like committed to being awful? Like, did they draft that Nolan Patrick? Yes, Was that the they last did. time they were bad? Yeah, and that did. like that kid had the concussion issues, so he wasn't able to be a part of the answer there. But that that that's the last time I can think of them picking in the top two, three, four. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's head out to Calgary. Leafs Flames tonight on TSN 4. Here's our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. What's happening, Johnny? What's going on, boys? Yes, here in Calgary for a short stop, and it's amazing how this is a big game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's a really big game for Calgary, given where they are in the standings, how they've been struggling, um, the goaltending, all the obvious reasons we know. And it's not a big game for safe for Toronto, but after last night's performance, it feels sort of important that they respond well, especially when there's been so much sort of excitement and anticipation to what the new roster might look like and then to kind of go out against Edmonton. And just, it's not the end of the world. They played bad. We, we, it happens all the time. <laughs> many, many games I played terribly in, but it feels like even though back-to-back is tough, um, you're going to want to get a much cleaner effort out of the Leafs. What did you think? Like, what what happened last night, Johnny? Is that positive stress where just so much stuff is going on and you're a little bit overwhelmed? Three days off, a bunch of new guys. It was like it was. That was ugly. Yeah, it was, they got it was smoked. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sat there watching the first period, though, and I'm like, we're having dinner, and just like, I'm like, when was the last time the Leafs got like waxed, really beat badly? Because they don't, you know, even when they lose, they're in the game, right? They find a way to make plays, play relatively 50-50. They don't get outplayed to the same degree. And they did last night, badly. And I think you just mentioned all the obvious reasons. You know, sometimes it's just the rub of the schedule. Like, you know, you have off nights, it happens. Uh, I think three days in Seattle, the old Bruce Springsteen concert, um, the emotional upheaval of what might have happened, what might be happening, what has happened, watching some friends leave, watching some new guys come in, trying to figure out who's playing with who and everything else. And, it, and a really good team, right? Like Edmonton, when they're on their best game, you know, when Conor McDavid starts flying around, there's, like, not a lot anybody can do to stop him. 
but yeah, they looked they looked not good. And I think maybe it's a testament oh to the top players in Toronto because very rarely are they not good. Like Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, I guess you throw O'Reilly in there, whatever. Like those guys are there almost every night. They they do play really quite well almost every night. But last night, I mean maybe Miss Marner had a decent night, but other than that, not a lot from those best guys. They all sort of had a bad night, which makes this night a bit more interesting in Calgary. We got to stop using that Bruce Springsteen concert no as a crutch like, for this can team. Can you it's imagine like, back in the come day on. saying, oh, we're at a Bruce Springsteen concert. <laughs> Two days ago. Like, I've seen guys put on clinics, performances, and then play, like, I don't know, 12 hours later? Like, that stuff has gone down, man. I've seen gong shows before an afternoon game. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, don't talk to me about Bruce Springsteen. We can't, we can't do the, the Bruce era, concert man. anymore. But new like the, the new well, guys... Well, I'm just saying, guys, I think it, it adds to the sort of rhythm and focus of the schedule. Right. right? It's unusual to spend two days in Seattle, not whether they go out or not. I don't care if they're at a concert. Bruce Springsteen is 75 years old. I don't think they're like <laughs> raving the night away. Like I think they're right. listening to his music. But it speaks to just kind of like, you know, they had a couple days to not really be dialed into hockey, and they played like they weren't really dialed into the hockey. And so, Johnny, like, it's the first game for the new guys. There's a lot of moving parts. There's going to be a lot of tinkering happening. What did you see out of the new guys? Was there anything you liked? Was there anything you disliked about their game? I know it's only one game, but you can see some tendencies, I'm sure. Um... You know, I mean, Jake McCabe was okay. Like he, I think he, I think people who think of Jake McCabe as being solely some sort of physical banger, like he can make plays with the puck. He can jump up in the ice. He likes to try to create offense as well. And I thought in very brief spurts, he showed elements of that, which may, might be an eye opener to some, some people for Jake McCabe. Um, Sam Lafferty in very limited minutes, like they flipped the lines. And I, I'm very curious what we're going to see tonight, guys when Ryan O'Reilly went and played on the third line. Mm-hmm. And Sam Lafferty played with him. And in those, whatever it was, three, four minutes, five, six shifts, um, they were annoying and energetic and had the puck a little bit. You can kind of see the speed of Lafferty, um, as he can get around the ice. You know, I, I, that's what I saw. But I kind of know that about those players anyways. I didn't, I didn't see too, too much. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting, Frankie, that TJ Brody started with McCabe. Seems like Sheldon Keefe really loves given new guys a very comfortable landing spot in the lineup. Yeah. Um, part of the reason why O'Reilly was playing center with Tavares and Marner, part of the reason why McCabe gets Brody, who seems to be the guy he puts with anyone he wants to have a good game. Um, I wouldn't set up the D pairs that way. I don't know if they're going to be set up th- that way tonight, but uh, that was interesting as well because he wanted you know that partnership to work because that's what he does. With Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst. So, the Austin Matthews chatter has been happening a lot on this station today. I believe you've been a part of it, Johnny, at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Where he's at with his season, I thought he that might have been the worst game I've seen him play yeah. in a long time. And that was disappointing because of who was on the other side of the ice. And it was the first time, and the other guy showed up. McDavid showed up. He understood the moment, and Matthews simply did not. Um his goal scoring has not been there. His point production has not been there. His dominant force has not been there. Yeah. Give, give us the yeah. glass half full here, Johnny, on why it will be here in 20 games and why this is not a concern come playoff time. So my glass half full, yes. as ordered. Okay, so, yes. the re- so I, I think um, wh- he's dealt with physical ailments. I am hopeful that with the passage of time, whatever is bothering physically, continues to clear up. They wouldn't have him playing 
if it was getting worse um, and wasn't going to get better. So I think there is the element that I, he probably will be healthier by the end of the season than he has been through much of this season. There's one. The other one is uh, you know, maybe in his mind he is not chasing goals and points to the same degree as he was before because he's worried about playing a more 200-foot game, being better defensively, being more physically involved, blocking more shots, those kind of things. And in the playoffs, that kind of game may prove to be slightly more valuable than it is in the regular season. Um, the other one is maybe a season-long weird shooting slump by his standards. Like, he's still on pace to score 40 goals. Mm-hmm. But by his standards, that's... That's not good enough. Know, that's two-thirds of what he scored last year. Mm-hmm. So that, like, that's a pretty significant drop. Um, but he's not shot the puck as cleanly. Shooting percentages down... For whatever reason, maybe that writes itself because that's usually how these things go when guys are great shooters if they're healthy. Um, and maybe the Leafs don't need him. Like, you know, if they win, we know this. doesn't really matter what he does if they win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We will pra- he will be praised because he was part of a team that won. So maybe, you know, the fact that he scores less or more than he has previously won't really matter as long as they win. Maybe that's his mindset. I say that all that without really believing it, Hayes. Like, I, I don't understand exactly what's going on. You know, I'm down between the benches. And what I, when I watch, what I notice is that he's never been, like, McDavid a skater. But he's always been a good skater. And even as good as he is at shooting the puck, even he needs a little bit of space to get shots away. And he's just not finding that space as frequently as he has before. And that, to me, is the most concerning thing. Like, he's not shaking loose the guys. He's not getting guys on his hip and getting that shot away. He's not creating, you know, the, 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 the rush opportunities where he gets clean looks. And I don't know how to explain that because other guys are. Nylander is. Marner is. Like, other guys are still doing it, and for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to. Yeah, that uh, is what I, I'm with you in terms of the concern and – leaning towards more of a glass half empty the idea that it just flips on in a month and a half because it feels like every five six seven games he has one of those nights where he's chugging scores a couple of goals we saw it recently in seattle and you think all right here we go like now it's on like this guy he's alive it's coming there's no follow-up literally seattle he scores two last night he might have had the worst game of his career like certainly of the season it's like, mm-hmm. man, you're just waiting for this guy because they need it. Like, I know they're built differently. I know they're they're deep, and there's a lot of other guys that can carry the weight. You got to rely on your big dog. Yeah, he's got to be barking, yeah. man. Well, he's got to be. And Johnny, you said it too. Like, if if they win, it's all good, right? But if he's not at that level where he's the second best player in the world, you can make an argument they're not gonna win. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally, I, I get all of it. Um, yeah, it, it, and the thing about it is, like, if you look at the league, offense has never been more prevalent than it is right now in, like, two decades. Like, if there's ever moments where he should be finding it easier because everyone else around the league is finding it easier, um, it should be now and through this year. And it just just hasn't happened. And, like, listen, we, I get that it's, he's held to a ridiculously high standard because that's the standard he has set and that's what he can hit uh, and he's still a, like, a, an incredibly good player 
But, I, I, you know, the way the Leafs are built, and, and Cal Dubas has said it many times, and I've said it to you guys, like they're going to go as far as their big guys take them, and he's the biggest of the big guys. Mm-hmm. Although right now, I mean, right now you would argue Mitch Marner is kind of the guy who's driving the bus up front for Toronto more than anyone else, as good as Willie has been as well. Um, it's the two wingers, not the two centermen, that are kind of driving it up front, which is not the way it's supposed to go heading into this playoff, where it is, like, I don't know how much can change, and we might be overstating it, but if they don't win, you don't want to be Debbie Downer. you got to play the games, who knows? But if they don't, like, the changes to this team could be extraordinarily deep mm-hmm. as early as next year. Johnny, after the big boys, goaltending is important. How would you assess where that scenario is, and, and what would you do with it? I mean, it's been good. It, like the problem, I think. Oh, no, just the Tampa, idea of Matt Murray. Like I thought he was going to play. Like I, who, what's like just the whole goaltending scenario as of right now? You have Samsonov as your starter going to the playoffs, and he's been a top kind of ten goaltender in the league. As a, as a team, you have the fifth best goals against. You have the eighth best save percentage. That is more than you would expect to get from anyone. And so I think they're going to roll with the guys they have and trust that they're going to be good enough which they have been all year long to allow them to win in the playoffs. And I don't think anything's going to change. Um, you're not going to feel great about the goaltending matchup or going up against Vasilevsky, but what are you going to do? No matter who you have in net, that's the case. I think the problem for me when I watch, and maybe for fans, when they watch Samson off play, when he's off, like he's way off. Oh, yeah. like he's out of the net. He's missing the post. He's moving all these strange body parts as bucks go by him. And you're like, well, that doesn't make me feel comfortable and confident. But you look at the numbers, you look at the consistency, and the way he's played pretty much the whole year, you can't argue with it. So I guess the, I think the Leafs are just going to be like, yeah, this is what we've got. They've been good enough. They'll be good enough when we get there. So how have your numbers adjusted here in terms of Connor McDavid? With five games in a row now, he's had mm-hmm. two-plus goals. He's sitting on 52 goals. He's got 20 more games left to be played. What is Mystic Mike thinking here? What's the projection at? My projection right now, 64.5. That's my over-under. Hmm. What, do you, what do you take, Hayes? I'd take the 13 over. 13-20? and 20? I'd take the 13 over. 13-20. and 20. That's a 52-goal pace, something he's never hit before. Certainly well less than he's played at now. Mm-hmm. He's obviously going to cool off after this crazy hot streak. He's one multi-goal game away from tying the all-time NHL record. He's got five in a row. So I'm thinking 13 now, the good news is they're going to need him to play a ton all the way, right? Like, they're going to be battling for home ice or to win the division, so he's not going to get games off. He's not going to get minutes off. But I think 13 is next 20, 65 total, a number we haven't seen. I guess Ovi got it once mm-hmm. uh, since, like, the early 90s. Uh, I say I said it at 64 and a half. Yeah, I, it's recency biased because of what he's doing. You, you, you scream mm-hmm. the over, but... He's obviously not going to score two every single night. It's not possible. You referenced history there. But you look at their schedule still. They've got a couple against Arizona. they got some Ooh. against San Jose. they got a couple against Ooh. Anaheim. <laughs> like this cat. He could have, off. He, 150 points seems like a formality at this point. He's got 118 right now, so he'd need 32 and 20. I mean, well, come that, on. That's, I'm taking the over on that yeah, all day long. Yes. Yeah. That seems more like, does he hit 160 or if 165? Those teams that you just mentioned, they are going to be putting out their federal league lineup. They really will. Be. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, how are we feeling about the Arizona? Like, I'm a proud Yout alumni. It's getting tough, guys, for what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw they have, like, on the ice, 
41 million dollars in players or something 41 because they have so many guys retaining salary and retired guys they got a hall of fame retired contract guy they get board check to try to get to the floor like, well, what if a it, team in point, Canada was doing that? That would be a oh, curious be, scenario. Well, it's it, 2023, and the Arizona Coyotes could contend for the Cup in 2009. Yeah, with the roster that they have. That's exactly guys. right. Like they have 58 percent of their their cap is players that don't play and won't play. It's amazing. It's embarrassing. What I what I can't figure out is how Bettman has the audacity to send an email out saying we're watching people. We That's don't want any goofiness thing. here. Don't go out and acquire someone who's going on the long-term IR if you're actually trying to win. In the middle of the win. desert, the yeah. most goofiness is going on. But that's a perfect example of how Bettman operates. If it's for losing in small markets, well, no well, problem. you can do it. We encourage it. But if you're actually a, a team that matters, that makes money, we're, we're, we're watching you. Well, Can't pretty, have it. At, at least they finally, ridiculous. they finally traded Jake Chikorin. Finally. Johnny, like, how was that return for you? You must have been expecting a little bit more than that. Well, I don't wait for a year and a half for a first and two seconds. <laughs> no kidding. With conditions, so, a conditional pick. Let's remember yeah, that. Okay, right. Yeah, I can't forget about that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it didn't work out the way they want. I think they they thought they had to deal with L.A., fell through. Thought they had to deal with the Oilers, fell through. All of a sudden, those teams pivoted and went somewhere else, and the market dried up. And part of it, Frankie, of course, because they were not able to take back any money, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, Tyson Berry left for Ekholm, quick left for the other guys. Um, and they were not able to do that. It, it's, I'm with you, Hayes, though. I read that, that. I'm like, what? So I can't trade for Gus Nyquist, who has a legitimate injury, whose time frame will bring him back at some point in the playoffs? Like, who cares if I do that? Why is that a problem? It's entirely legal. Right. And yet, you know, trading for Shea Weber is, yeah, that's cool. That, like, go for it. We encourage that. Know, no that, problem with that. Like, yeah. like, and, and I go, like, they're all within the rules. So don't pick and choose. This one bothers us, which should not. And the other one doesn't bother us, which, in the spirit of the sport, probably should. Um, and maybe it gets changed in the next TBA. But, yeah, it's a bad look. And can you imagine, guys, they haven't passed, if I'm not mistaken, the right to build an arena in Arizona yet. They don't know where. Like, how long is it going to take to get that process cleaned up and a building? Three more seasons? Somebody probably. will so go bankrupt gonna... before that arena comes in. We're going to talk four years, maybe minimum, playing in the Arizona State 5,000 mullet. Like, you know, I know the weather's nice, and I get the weather, the owner might be wealthy, but it's just, it's, it's, it's against the spirit of being a professional sports franchise, what they're doing right now. Absolutely. And I don't expect it's going to change anytime soon. And yet, we don't have to worry about that, because the Leafs are no. going to the playoffs, they fill up their building, Calgary, I don't know if they're going to the playoffs, but they'll be filled tonight. A lot of Leaf fans, it should be electric. Enjoy the game tonight, Johnny, we'll do it again soon. All right, boys. I will see all of you. Yes, bright and early tomorrow morning. We'll see yeah, you tomorrow buddy. on Trade Can't Center. Can't wait! Can't wait! Say hi I'll to Gord for us. Yeah, bring Gord okay. with you too, please. <laughs> will do. Make sure he gets here as well. There's uh, Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota and check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. It's time to Toyota. Visit MapleToyota.com. Yeah, Trade Center tomorrow on TSN. The three of us will be there. We'll be there, boys. All moving and shaking. A lot yeah. of different people. A lot of excitement in the air. I think still deals tomorrow. Not oh, until yeah. maybe 10 or 11. But you might wake up to a couple of deals. It's always a good way to start, right? And there's going to be some off-the-board ones. I think, I think so there's going to be some unexpected, like, whoa, we didn't know that guy was I available. Agree. 
And listen, there's been so much to recap. You could do six hours on what's just happened in the last two weeks. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we might. <laughs> we'll see. Apparently a music video. We got a lot. Exactly. Yeah. That's going to debut tonight. I think first intermission tonight, I think, on uh, the Leafs on TSN. Very Possibly. Stuff. Possibly. Yeah. One of the intermissions tonight. Yeah. And a man that's going to be on the panel tonight, and a man that will be heavily involved in Trade Center tomorrow on TSN, will be in our studio. And he will join us around the table, and he will be here next. next. <laughs> All right, the Leafs are in Calgary tonight looking to redeem themselves. It did not start well in the province of Alberta, but we'll see how it plays out tonight. And the Leafs will be on TSN 4. We just have Mike Johnson on. Johnny and Gord Miller will be out there. Oh, you'll be on the panel tonight, right? J.D. will be on the panel tonight. And we have Bruce Boudreaux joining us in studio. Bruce, you're going to be a part of the panel. Yeah, well, let's see how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> let's see if we can get you through this first. This is yeah. like kind of a precursor. So welcome aboard. You're going to be here today. You're going to be doing stuff tomorrow. And Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't uh, had a chance to talk hockey in a while, so this will be great. Yeah, it's good. And what Do they have you doing a lot of different stuff? Are you going to be creative? What's the plan with you, Bruce? You know what? They, I've been here for a while today, and they've got some skits going on. Um, uh, I don't know how they were gonna, they're going to be taken, but I mean, okay. uh, it was all for fun. Good. There might be a little bit of uh, downtime tomorrow. It's possible. What do you make of this, though, as, as uh, obviously a guy who's played in the league, coached in the league, but just been a fan of hockey forever? The last two weeks, do you remember anything like this? All the deals? I don't think there's ever been anything like it. And uh, I think uh, uh, once the, the snowball started getting bigger, teams were saying, uh oh, we're going to get left out. And so they started making the deals. Whereas I remember, like even in Washington, where uh, the, the it was going down to three hundred one, two fifty nine. You know, like uh, who could get the facts in and make sure the facts was in on time? Right, because they wanted that last say. And now I think people are saying, "Wow, we got to get it in now, or we're gonna, you know, uh, uh, lose what you know we got." Like I mean, and it's even um, like some teams haven't got as much as I think they. That us as fans would have thought they would have got for certain individuals. And I just think they w- they kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Brucey, from what you've seen this year behind the bench, did one team get your attention where you thought, this is real deal stuff here, and these guys are going to have a real good shot? Well, I mean, yeah, I think the Bruins, I mean, it's... I, I think it's for real? It's They're for real. They don't have a weakness on their team. And then they got two great goalies that could be number one. But I've always thought, and I still do, uh, I think that Colorado is as good as anybody. I mean, I was lucky enough or unlucky enough to play them three times this year, and they were never healthy. But when they wanted to go, they, and the third game, we won the first two, and the third game they said, you're not winning anymore. And then that was it. We played hard and played well, but there was no chance they were going to let us win. Well, yeah, they're, they're in the West, team, too, they're, right? They're a team that's just been under the radar, and now they're starting to gather steam. They're going to cause a lot of problems. Well, it's interesting that the two teams that were in the Cup Final last year, I find, are not getting a lot of attention. Where Tampa, it's like an impossibility they could go to a four-straight Cup Final, but why not? They're still built like that. And Colorado, because of the injuries, because of the slow start. But out West, I mean, it's wide open, isn't it, Bruce? Like, I, if, if I, Colorado wants to play, they should cruise. Yeah, I think... Possibly, uh, yeah. anyway. I think they're the best team. Right. You know, but I mean, uh, uh, I think Edmonton is going to be a real force. If they get goaltending in the playoffs, uh, you know, just watching what Connor's been doing lately and, and that team as a whole, just the scoring ability. And I think Ekholm's a heck of a defenseman. Yes. Uh, and I think, okay, they can make it through the Pacific Division and then you're in the Final Four. So. 
What does the coach say? I've always wondered this. Like, you look at McDavid, you know you're facing him. You can throw out the cliches and strategize saying stay on top of the puck, but are you just, like, crossing your fingers with that cat or what? Everybody is. I mean, I am anyway. Like, I mean, we, we'll, we'd show video about Connor on how to stay above him. If that guy needs time. to see video on that guy, they haven't well, been paying attention. No, I know, but we all know how fast and everything he is. So you can't get the, the pass by you. In other words, you've got to be above him at all times, like having three guys back at least, and then try to chase him down. But I've uh, been on two teams where the defenseman, I've heard him say, uh-oh, he's coming down because he's scary, scary fast. Are you trying, like, everyone has their matchup guy, their centerman, their D-pair, but, like, you can't just rely on one guy to do that. Are you telling guys, like, this is going to be by committee when you get stuck on the ice with this guy, like, a lot of extra attention? How do you kind of game plan that as far as who you're deploying? Like, I mean, it depends on the team you've got, I think, but, I mean, uh, always tried um, the last couple years – is to have two guys on the one guy. You know, Connor, you take a guy like Connor, he's playing 27 minutes. We don't have, we never had a guy that could play 25 and above minutes. So you have to do it by committee. And, you, you know, you're hoping that, okay, uh, in, in our team in Vancouver, that, okay, JT Miller could go out against him or uh, uh, Pedersen. But, I mean, it's still tough because they use now uh, 11 forwards and, and 7D in, in Edmonton. And so he's playing with every line, you know, and I mean, it's just tough to contain. Brucey, we were talking about Matthews, and he's a little, he's not playing at his best right now, and he needs to get it going. In your time in Washington, with some years with expectations with Ovi, how was the approach heading into the playoffs to, to kind of ensure in your mind and the team's mind and in Ovi's mind that he was at his best come playoff time? Well, I mean, luckily... For me, I think, I mean, in all the years that I was there, he was always at his best. Like, I mean, uh, the first year, uh, I think he got 50-some goals. The second year, he got 65. The third year, he was 60 or something. So, I mean, I never worried about him because I knew that he was going to be ready when, when the time was to come. But there's sometimes if you get, and we were a young team, and sometimes, like when we got older in Minnesota, you say, do we rest uh what rest guy? I remember Chuck coming over and saying, "I want you to rest Pominville, you know, because we're coming into March now." But the last thing older players want is rest. Or is rest, and I mean, I you do it and you grit your teeth a little bit, but I mean, they want to play all the time, and and I think that becomes a problem uh, sometimes, not all the time. I mean, you can hit a home run, but I mean, it, when you get a lot of guys in the trade at, at trade deadline day, because. I mean, again, going back to our Washington days, we made a trade. We made five trades one year when we had 121 points. We thought, okay, depth, 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 and but got guys out of rhythm. We got guys out of rhythm, but all good players and guys want to play. Scott Walker wanted to play. He didn't want to sit out. Uh, you know, Scott. Like I mean, and uh, uh, David Seckel didn't want to sit out. Matt Bradley didn't want to sit out. And we're trying to do it by committee, but I mean, it becomes tougher on them. In Minnesota, when we made the trades, Eric Halla went down to fourth line. He didn't want to be a fourth line guy. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's great that the GMs do this and try to make your team better, and, and I love it, but it's a hit and miss. Sometimes it doesn't work 
the way you go according to plan. Right, with Bruce Boudreaux, and, and really it's the more middle of the pack guys, right? Like you, yeah. Like with the Leafs, Matthews isn't worried that Sam Lafferty's taking his ice. I but, hope not. <laughs> well, you better not, right, or else you really got an issue. But it's probably more like Tavares on the wing. What's he thinking right now with O'Reilly playing up the middle of the ice, and how's that going to factor in? Yeah. Like, is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, or? and like Luke Shen. Right. You know, I mean, I think Luke Shen's a great player, great guy, but now they've got eight defensemen. How is he, you know, when you're used to playing 18 to 20 minutes a night? And um, I mean, Luke, Luke can do it because he did it in Tampa when they went with 7D all the time. But he but, was kind of in and out of the rock. Like, he was yeah. not in, and then he was in, and then he was quite happy with that role, and it ultimately worked for them. And, and, and he was happy with it because he'd come from Arizona and Anaheim where they're basically terrible. You know, terrible. And, and so going to that team. But, but when he came to Vancouver last year and this year, he played a big role. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you get those big role guys. If they have to play a smaller role, it's a little... A little more difficult. Is there a, is there a player on Toronto on the back end that you kind of look at and say I would love Luke Shen to be playing with that guy? Um, I, you know what I mean. I I think like I mean he's he's no not really because no. he's the bottom third guy and like he played with Quinn Hughes an awful lot and he really made made it easier for Quinn. But I was thinking okay uh, if he does it with Riley then he's playing too many too many minutes. Right, I right. Think. So I mean. I don't know, but he's a solid player. I mean, I think once he's in the room, I don't know what the Toronto room is like, but, I mean, uh, he'll really help the room, and it, and he'll do a good job for them. Bruce Boudreaux is with us in studio. Bruce will be a part of the uh, Leafs on TSN panel tonight and a part of Trade Center tomorrow on TSN. Um, so you coached in Washington, Anaheim, Minnesota, Vancouver. You've been a lifelong Leaf fan. Every time we have you on, even when you were coaching, we'd ask you, what do you make of the Leafs? How, that transitioning back into kind of being a fan and an analyst, how do you marry those two worlds? Like former teams that you have a connection to, and then the Leafs who you clearly have a connection to. Well, I mean, you know, once once I'm not working for somebody, <laughs> you're I'm a Leafs fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I'm a Canuck, oh yeah, go Canucks. I'm right. not, not with the Canucks now, so you know, I mean. Leafs play them Saturday. I guess I know who I'm cheering for. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Bruce. We figured yeah. that, Bruce. There it is, right back in it. Yeah. That's... So, I mean, I mean, I think we're all human like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, um, the teams that let you go, you really don't like to see them have success. Sure. I mean, for the short period of time. Anyway, um, you like the players to have success because the players you get fond of and you get close to, it's just the, the team you don't want to have success. But uh, being from Toronto... You know, I'm home every summer for long periods of time and, and always been a Leaf fan. You know, Marley's growing up, and mm-hmm. uh, so it's hard not, to, hard not to like the Leafs. When you're coaching against them, all you want to do, you want to beat them so bad. Like, it was the, the biggest games of the year when I was coaching against the Leafs, you want to beat them so bad. But, right. um, you know, because you got all your friends texting you. He couldn't believe it when I used to play in Hartford and Carolina. My season would be over, and I would come home and cheer for the Leafs. And he he couldn't he couldn't understand it. I was just yeah. like, "This is the way it is." Well, because we we interviewed Joey Votto. Remember that awkward interview with Joey oh. Votto, where Votto's season was done, and he grew up like five minutes from the dome, dome a big Jays fan. And I asked him, like, "Are you going to come home and track the Jays during the playoffs?" And he was like disgusted, he was offended. He was offended by the idea that he would track the Blue yeah, Jays. I remember he gave the most absurd laugh yes. we've ever heard. Like a maniacal, like Bond villain laugh. Like, that's a stupid <laughs> question. 
But I'm with you guys. I think that's, I guess that's human nature. And I mean, have you, like, when it comes to Scotiabank versus the gardens, you grew up going to the gardens, playing with the Marlies at the gardens and the Leafs with the gardens. Like, how would you compare the two buildings based on your history and how you feel about it? Well, I mean, uh, Maple Leaf Gardens is always, will always be special. Mm -hmm. Two Memorial Cups there. Um, I worked at the gardens. I think I was the only two year sweeper. (laughs) You worked at the gardens? Yeah. What did you do there? I was sweeping. Like, I mean, if the Marleys were done school, don't forget, that was back to when 21 was the age. So I was right. done high school. And, I mean, we had nothing to do. So there was always three or four guys that would be sweepers and making six bucks an hour or something at the gardens. And our job was to try not to work and not get caught, but get paid. Right. Uh, and that was, hide, hide somewhere. Hide somewhere. And that, that was it. But, I mean, so Maple Leaf Gardens will always have... Uh, uh, a really near and dear spot in my heart. So By far, my favorite barn, like yeah. of all time. Right. I, I I was somewhat shocked that they didn't try to recreate the same type of. Stru- I don't know. It was just such a different place, and everything was so clear, and you were right on top of it. It was just an unreal building. Yeah, it was smaller too, right? And, like and, ultimately. Yeah, and you remember, like I mean, I'm sure Jeff remembers games that you went to. Uh, as a young kid, as a spectator to a Leaf game. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I remember um, going in. I got tickets in 72 to for the Ca- uh, Canada-Russia series. I think it was game three, and we were in the end blues and just watching Peter Mahovlich deke through those guys to score the goal that the, Le- that the Canada won, and you see that. And then um, just so many games that you, you were there, and you were so happy. Your dad's holding on to you, and you just... Memories that you just amazing can't, you you can't shed yeah amazing Bruce Boudreaux in here so what was your relationship with Ballard then like you would you were employed by him he was paying you six bucks an hour I guess <laughs> but, <laughs> well there really was none but I mean a funny story was uh, um, when I was with the Leafs and every time we'd get in the plane and Mr Ballard and Mr Clancy were there he always would call me Pat Boutet. So I kept thinking, if he could think I'm Pat Boutet, maybe I won't get sent down next week. <laughs> That's such a, like, he, he tweener guy to, thing to yeah, think. Just didn't it. even didn't yeah. know it. Yeah, hey, Pat, how you doing? Hey, Booter, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're a big wrestling guy. Jack Tunney, you ever come in contact with him I, at the Gardens? Uh, I or? met him once at the Gardens, yep. yeah. And, cause... you know, Freddie Atkins, former big-time big wrestler, yeah. used to be the trainer of the Leafs in the early 70s when we'd have to – you know, do 20 push-ups and uh, <laughs> run around the end blues twice. Well, wasn't that the was wrestling it? at the gardens a lot? Massive yeah. there, oh. yeah. Massive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like the Sweet Daddy Seekies and uh, Bruno Sammartino guys. <laughs> these, are all, these are all old favorites. Yeah. We went through them all yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you still keeping in touch with uh, Kevin Owens? Trying to. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, uh, we text. I just got a text 10 minutes ago uh, from a guy who said, hey, He's in Washington next week. Come on down. We'll talk to Kevin. Nice. And, but, I mean, I, I've only met him once, but I've talked to him, you know, uh, quite a few times. And, and uh, the best one was in – we were in Whistler in camp, and there was a wrestling event in Vancouver. So I got him a Canuck jersey. And he went in there, and he said, my friend is Bruce Boudreaux. Yes. I was so pumped up on video with That's that. Yeah. awesome. Well, you can answer the question we were throwing around yesterday. 1995, who was more well-known around the world, Greg Norman the golfer or Hulk Hogan? Who do you think would have had more international recognition? I would venture to guess that Hulk Hogan Thank would, you. would be known more. The Hulkster. If people that don't follow wrestling have no idea how universal it is. Right. I mean, every Monday 
they're number one on Twitter. You know, they they they're everywhere. Yeah. It's, it, whether it's whether you like it or not, it's 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 out there. Yeah, and it's you all like over golf the world. Or you like fake fighting? <laughs> they call it the but it's <laughs> entertainment. I, you're right. You're right. They That's call right. it the WWE universe because it's like that universe it's everywhere. They go everywhere and they're sold out everywhere and they're icons everywhere they go. It's 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 really incredible. Yeah. Uh, a and E's having like a massive. Like their detail. Have you been watching that? Yeah, rivalries. My and wife stuff. hates me for it because I'll watch it all Sunday. <laughs> I'll sit there, the rivalries and, and the history of those guys, how tough their lives were. Yeah, right. I mean, but, yeah. you know. I it, saw one it, with Jake the Snake recently, man. That was tough to get through. Yeah. He has been through the ringer, Jake the Snake. Yeah. I mean, I imagine a lot of those guys have. Yeah. If, if you had like one finishing move, what would, <laughs> what would your move be? I'd have a gun and shoot the guy. That's the only way to stay down. <laughs> yeah, I picture you. I don't know what kind of move. I'm Bruce thinking like a, a sharp shooter or turnbuckle. Yeah, if me, me, Jimmy, a superfly move. If me and Jeff jump from the top turnbuckle, <laughs> they'd have to stay down. <laughs> that would be a finishing move. Yeah. That's for sure. The paramedics, the would be tag called. team champions of the world. Yeah, that could work for yeah. sure. Well, Bruce. This is what we're looking for, man. We just need <laughs> wrestling, Chad. Uh, yeah, Maybe we get a trade fun. tomorrow. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, well, there will be. I think there's one of the teams that are going to get, like, the sixth rounder in 2029. Yes. You know, for somebody that's in the minors uh, right. right now. A conditional uh, pick. Yeah. A conditional pick. Jeff will yeah. break that trade down for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah I well, can't wait. That's what we need you for, for sure. Uh, he is Bruce Boudreau again. He'll be a part of the panel tonight. The Leafs are in Calgary playing the Flames on TSN4, and he's going to be here tomorrow for Trade Center. So we're looking forward to it. Bruce, great seeing you, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for popping it was in. Always fun. Always awesome. fun. There's Bruce Boudreaux. Oh, you're off to do some panel work as well. You'll be back a little bit later on. Frankie, you and I, we keep kicking. Least Flames tonight. The uh, Raptors are in action tonight. We'll keep teeing that up. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app. All right, we have a pair of tickets to give away. Leafs Avalanche, March 15th. Every day this week, we will provide the clue to the identity of a current or ex-Maple Leaf player. And on Friday, you'll have a chance to call in and name that Leaf. Today's clue, this former Maple Leaf was a top 15 pick. Ooh. This former Maple Leaf. So I guess we don't really need to say current or former when we're announcing it was a former. That's fine. Thursday. It's all good. This former Maple Leaf. It's only Thursday? If you can believe it. This former Maple Leaf was a top 15 pick. So I'm yeah, zeroing, find out in, zeroing in on I it. I think I got an idea, actually, yeah. on this one. And yeah. um, it's got to be tough, though, right? We're making you work. It's This has been a tough one. Leafs, Colorado, those are big tickets. You only yeah. see the Cup champs roll through town once. That'll be exciting, man. Like, those are those are fun games. The, the speed that Colorado has been playing with mm-hmm. is pretty impressive. Well... Like, that's what was disappointing about last night is it was the first game against Edmonton and the Oilers to their credit they came out ready to play. They were rocking. And I will say this, I've watched a lot of Edmonton this year. They don't play like that every night. Mm-hmm. They really don't. They but that was that was a big one for them. They look like the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, like they, they look like a they just won the cup 2 years in a row and they're like the champs. That was a good game for Edmonton. Yeah, they and look it was good. A terrible game for Toronto. And Edmonton will be here next Saturday. There's another chance. So the Leafs will have a chance to see what they've got. And then they're going to have Colorado here, I guess, on the Wednesday. Yeah. So you're going to have a couple of big games coming up for the Leafs. Leafs' road record is very average. Eh? It's like 14, 10, and 4. Like they're really good at home, but yeah. that's. 
That a lot road of, record is strange to me. A lot of it, I think, is is based on the goaltending because Samsonov on the road is hey, a different goalie. He, he like he did not play well last night. No, he didn't. I, I, that's what I said. Like if you get a couple of those saves early on, I understand there's some tough situations, but you just get that one keeps you in it a little longer. Just buys you a little more time to get your team in the game. But yeah, they, they they didn't have it anyways. They didn't have their it, legs. They weren't sharp. They didn't execute properly. Right. It was flat from Matthews. Marner was kind of out there too. It just it wasn't. There was no pop to that game. No, you're right. Even if he gives him a couple of stops, he was going to have to do it on his own. Yeah, likely he was going to have to do what Linus Olmark did. A couple of nights ago in Calgary. Seriously. Possibly make all the stops. And, you know, at some point you're going to need that out of goaltending. But I expect the Leafs to respond tonight. I, I think they show up and play. I think Calgary, outside of their goaltending, though, has been playing relatively well. They're actually good And they're a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah they're, so. they're still a good defensive team. They get a lot of shots on net. They don't create a ton internally, like on the inside of the ice. They don't create a lot there as far as slot shots and things like that. Where actually Samsonov has been pretty good. Like mm-hmm. he's one of the best goalies when it comes to saving shots in tight. But yeah, goaltending's been a big issue for them. Yeah. The NHL is going to be rocking again tonight, man. This this has been because oh, you got Showtime debuting on Broadway. Oof. So Patrick Kane making his debut. Jacob Chikrin, I believe, will make his debut as well. He's in New York. Dude, he took the red eye. He took the red eye to New York so he could play tonight. That's what you want to see. This is a guy who has not played in two weeks, almost three weeks, yeah. and he's dying to play, and he wants to be on a competitive team. I do wonder what he thinks about going to Ottawa where they're still on the outside of the playoffs. Like, it's been so ugly in Arizona for so long. I think Ottawa has probably wasted too much time to get going here. I don't know, man. they got, they got to jump a lot of teams and make up five do. points. They do, but That's at, asking least, a lot. at least now they're, you're in the fight. Like, you're in the you're thick in the of things because there's no way that team is just going to the rink every day like this is just another game. Like, they're fighting for their lives every night now. Yes. So they're, they're, that catches your attention. And you're in Ottawa. It's a Canadian market. It'll be a packed building. Yeah. It'll be a legitimate building. There won't be students and dorm rooms. and <laughs> It will feel different for Jacob Chikrin. So yeah. from that standpoint, point i i think he can be excited final hour coming up the o-dog will be back we'll continue to look ahead to the raptors and leaf game tonight patrick came making his debut pierre lebrun will join us overdrive continues tsn 1050 and on the tsn app